0: Thank you, Pastor Chris, and good morning. We are so glad that you are here today. Thank you for being here. And um, so awesome to be able to pray for my friend Irfan. And uh, I get to serve um, on his mission board. I'm on the board. Actually, I serve as uh, as the president of the board, and it's just a high honor for me to work with Irfan uh, throughout the year and and to see what God is doing through the mission of Light of Life International. So I, I love for you to be, make sure you pray for him and, 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 and go to the website and, and, and be a part of it. I think it's a way to be, get it like a monthly newsletter and you get the, uh, you know, uh, good information about how to specifically pray for what's happening in Iraq and in Egypt. And, uh, and so I, I hope you get involved in that and be praying for him. And uh, so you mentioned about young adults, man. I, I love young adults. I love that that's happening and seeing some movement with the, with that organ, with that group of people and you know more movement and uh, Corey and Lauren doing a great job with that and and, uh, and seeing more get plug in. I, I was when I was single pastor, I was single pastor before I became to Lake Point, and 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 I had you know the college group and and I tell them to bring you know, bring food. Bring, bring something to share, and you just never know, right, Chris? You just never know what's going to happen with that. And um, we had one kid, one of our guys showed up. He had decided he was going to bring, he was going to um, go through the drive-through at Taco Bell <laughs> and ordered like 20 orders of Cinnamon twists. And then he had a big bowl, and he put it in this bowl, and, 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 and he brought in this bowl of Cinnamon twist. And, um, and I was like, you know, um, it's not the worst idea in the world. I mean, who, who doesn't love cinnamon uh But that was his way of doing it. And uh, another single guy, you know, he, he, he came in with a bag of potato chip. It was already open, it was already half empty. And I was like, man, you know, maybe next time, bring a fresh bag from the store, maybe, you know. I so, said, uh, okay. You know, so that, that's, that's a crazy, um, good luck with that. Um, anyway, uh, so, so good to be here. Hey, listen, we're in a theory. Um, if, you ha- if you haven't been around in a while, we- we've been in a series called Made for Mondays. Made for Mondays. And we've really been talking about this idea of how to, um, how to work in a-, in a way that honors God. And-, and it's really been this whole series all about how to-, how to face our Mondays. Because Mondays are tough, right? Mondays are difficult. And, uh, and so we're, we're, today we're going to continue to talking about that. And, and you know, one of my um, when I was growing up, you know, my mom and dad they get the newspaper every day. Anyone still get the newspaper every day? You get an actual physical newspaper delivered to your house. Anybody? anybody okay, there used to be a time. Okay, there's a couple. Okay, there, there you go. You know, you get a newspaper. You know, to deliver it to you. You know, in the morning when you know you wake up and. You make yourself a pot of coffee and you go outside and find yourself uh, um, the newspaper there and and, and uh, of course growing up, we all got the paper, you know newspaper and, 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 and I would get the newspaper the Detroit Free Press and you know and as a young kid, the first section I pull out is the, the comments, right? I mean, come on, yeah, I mean nothing there's nothing nothing better than a good Comment to start off your day besides the Word of God, okay? You start there too, okay? But you know, the comments, all right? You know, so you open up the comments, and, 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 and some of you younger folks are like, the comments in a newspaper. I know, it's crazy, but it's great, okay? And so it, these are some of my favorite. You got the first one, Calvin and Hobbes. Man, isn't that awesome? I love Calvin and Hobbes. Some of you are like, man, I, that's your favorite. That's your favorite. That's your favorite, Scott? Yeah, no, that's sort of okay. All right, all right. Well, what about this next one? You got Beto Bailey. Uh, that's a good one. You like Beto Bailey? Scott, uh, uh, you're going to love this next one right here. It's, yeah! There we go. Scott <laughs> right. um, 2.0. You know, Scott Allen Blanchard. It's the same first, middle, and last name as mine, but we're not related. But, you know, um, it's, it's just a wild story. What's the inquiry there we go, there we go. So he's gonna, he's gonna go Jesus Duke on I me mean, and make sure that we got that part right. Yes, are related. But uh, anyway, Charlie Brown's favorite, right? How about, how about this, this guy right here? Garfield. Garfield. You know, think about Garfield. Garfield, you know, he's a grouchy couch potato of a cat, right? Things that he loved. He loved lasagna, if you remember. He loved lasagna. He loved a good nap. He loved to be snarky. That's actually kind of rude. But I'm not here to talk about the things he loved. Garfield, I want to talk about the things that he hated. If you remember, what did he hate? He hated Mondays. I, I, I Google searched Garfield Mondays. And this is what I got, I got, I hate Mondays, only an idiot would enjoy a Monday. I like the last one here. This is my Monday face. How many of you got a Monday face? You know, you go to work and you got your Monday face. And here's the reality. Now a lot of us, a lot of times, we have a Garfield mentality when it comes to work. And it's all because of people and situations that we can't stand. You know, you, you wake up on Monday morning and say, oh man, it's that co-worker you have to deal with. I don't know why Garfield hated Monday, he didn't work. You know, he didn't have a job. But a lot of us, we despise Monday sometimes. We despise that person, that maybe that toxic ball. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna talk about how to deal our toxic co workers. How to deal with our toxic co workers. Now, I know some of you here, you're definitely questioning my credibility with my experience in the secular marketplace. And I admit that up front, last time I had a job in a secular workplace was back in the, in the previous century. That sounds pretty cool. It makes me sound old when I say that. In the previous century, in 1999, the last time I've had a secular job in a, in a, in a, in a, in a secular workforce. I work at a little mom-and-pop sports store in Pensacola, Florida, called David Bowen's Sporting Goods. And I worked there, and, 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 and so i worked there for a couple of years, and then I, I, I got into ministry full-time. And, and you know, so for the past almost 25 years, I've been working in the church. And so you're probably wondering, what do I know about toxic co-workers? And I will say this, a lot more than you think. <laughs> a lot more. I realize some of you, you, have this idea of what it's like to work in a church office. You know, in your mind, you imagine all these people at the church office, you know, we come around, we talk talking our King James language. How are thou this morning? Oh, the copy machine's broken. Let's lay hands on it. All of us, come on. Let's lay some hands on the printer. And we pray over the broken copy machine. You think that's what's happening? And Okay, we don't speak in King James language, okay? We talk like normal people, all right? But listen, we we have wonderful people here at Lake Point. Wonderful people that work here during the the week and, you know, that are on staff. But the reality is this. It's so important. I work with imperfect people. Especially me. Especially me. And, and, And because of that, there are times, there are times, that, uh, that when I leave the office, I leave frustrated, maybe. Maybe a little angry, disappointed. Perhaps misunderstood or underappreciated or overlooked. And, and, and for some of you, you say, you know, Scott, those are some of the terms I think sometimes of, the, of my work situation. Frustration and, and overlook and underappreciated and angry. I get frustrated. Uh, Perhaps those are terms that people that I work with might say about me, you know? And and, and here's the deal. I may not know your office situation. I may not know the details of your organization, but I know people. I know motives. I know sin. Even if you're not in the marketplace right now, whether you're a stay-at-home parent, or you're retired, you're not working, here's the trick, here's the deal about toxic people. If They're taking notes. Toxic people don't stay toxic in the marketplace. In other words, when they leave their jobs, they, 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 they get in their car and they go to the neighborhood. They coach the little league baseball teams. They shop in your stores. They sit in the PTA meetings. They they work at restaurants. Dare I say they, they, they attend church here. Toxic people tend to take their toxicity, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but you know, they take their toxic stuff, their baggage, with them. And they take it home, they take it wherever. And so I say all this, no, I may not have a ton of experience in the secular marketplace. It's been almost 25 years. But I have a ton, a ton of experience working with people, toxic people in and outside the marketplace. I also know what God's Word says. I know that God's word is going to be very helpful this morning as we learn how to deal with toxic people. Now, let me give you a couple of things here. Let me talk about what a toxic people is and what it's not. Let's first talk about what it's not. A toxic person is not someone who you have a personality conflict. It's not someone that you have a personality conflict. Maybe you don't like his personality. That's not a toxic person. There may be pers- there may be someone that you work with that you just don't like for whatever reason. They make more money than you do, you know. They have a better office. Maybe they've got a better car. You know, you don't know what the boss sees in them. You know, and so you just don't like them. Whatever that is, that doesn't make them toxic. You may not like them because maybe they're more successful than you are. And that has created some toss inside of you. In fact, maybe you are becoming a toxic person of, because of jealousy. But just because you don't jive with your personality does not make them a toxic person. Uh, something else, a toxic person is not someone who has a bad day. By the way, people are allowed to have bad days, right? Isn't that fair? because we're not perfect. You've had a bad day at work. You've yelled, you've lost your cool. You've said something that you shouldn't have said. You get into arguments. You have manipulated. You you leverage for position and power. You do things, and, and, and that doesn't make you toxic. Now, a toxic person is someone who does that all the time, every day. That's their life, that's what they do, every day they breed toxic mindset, toxic attitude. If you're looking for a definition of a toxic person, a toxic coworker makes me feel worse about myself with every interaction. It makes me feel worse about myself with every interaction. Whether you're in a meeting with this person or or you just run into them at the water cooler, in the hallways, going into the office, out of the office, lunch break, whatever it is, you walk away from that person and you just kind of feel like you just need to take a shower. You feel de-energized, you feel disrespected, you feel, uh, you know, demoralized, humiliated. And, And this person, this toxic person has become an expert at learning how to suck the life, suck the joy out of you. Toxic person it makes you feel worse about yourself, about myself, with every interaction. And the toxic person doesn't have to be the stereotype, angry male. You know, they, they can be quiet, can be a quiet person. They can be passive aggressive. They can kill you with their silence. They can manipulate your emotions. Backdab, go after you when you're not paying attention. Toxic people can be silent, but deadly. But here's the bottom line. Toxic co-workers, if you're taking notes, it just makes us worse. It makes us worse people. Don't Don't be so naive to think that toxic people don't have an effect on you. They do, more than you realize. Toxic people affect our lives. They get their toxin inside of you. You know, it's like a bad mosquito bite, right? it it, it bothers you and it itches and, you know, and you're just scratching away and it just won't go away, right? It's just, ah, it's miserable. What toxic people do is they create these emotional itches and it causes you to be hardened, cynical, angry. You repress your anger inside of you. It makes you more negative. And then when you leave work, you go home, and you take it with you, and you spread it to other people. and affect the way you treat other people, you've allowed a toxic person to make you toxic without even you realizing it. So here's the question this morning, and this is what I want to go with. It's how do you limit their influence on your life? How do you limit the influence on your life? Now, we've been talking about a toxic person. Think going that person in your mind. How I many of you should say, you know, when you talk about a toxic person, there's a face that comes to mind. If that's, raise your hand if that's the truth. Say, so I, I think of someone. You know, I've got a toxic person at work. Maybe it's not at work. You know, maybe it's a toxic relationship, and there's principles here that can, that can translate in a lot of different venues of your life, a lot of different arenas. And so, but today we're going to look at Proverbs. And we're going to see what Proverbs, the Book of Wisdom, how, what they have to say, what we can learn from, from the Book of Wisdom on how to limit the influence of, of toxic people in our lives. I'm convinced that if you're going to keep toxic people from impacting your life in the marketplace, you need wisdom. You need wisdom, wisdom at work. And I really believe that what we're talking about today is the answer, and, and I want to show it to you from the book of, of Proverbs. Now, what, how do you put wisdom at work? Uh, first of all, I want you to see two pictures. Two pictures of wisdom. One is negative. And the second one is positive. The first picture I want you to see is in Proverbs chapter two. Proverbs chapter two, verse 12. Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are are twisted. All right, this is the negative picture right here. Look, these men turn from the right way to walk down dark paths. They take pleasure in doing wrong, and they enjoy the twisted ways of evil. Their actions are crooked and their ways are wrong. This defines very clearly a toxic person. Their speech is corrupt. They avoid what is right. They go down the wrong direction, the wrong path. They rejoice in wrong things and doing wrong. They love when, when their attitude, you know, just demoralized an office space, turned everything upside down. And so the methods of the toxic person is wrong in every way according to Proverbs chapter two. But here's the second picture, and it's a positive picture of wisdom, and it connects wisdom wisdom with happiness. Look at Proverbs chapter three, verse 13. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding For wisdom is more valuable, more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. She offers you long life in her right hand and and riches and honor in her left. She will guide you down delightful paths; All her ways are satisfying. Wisdom is the tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold on to wisdom tightly. Now, don't miss the real treasure. It it says that there's a connection between happiness and wisdom. And everybody here, right? Everybody in this room, I believe, wants happiness in their life. And there's a connection, a connection between wisdom being more valuable than wealth. Wisdom would guide you down the right path of life. And if you're going to win at work, if you're not going to let toxic people invade your life and make you miserable, you need wisdom. You says, Scott, I could never have wisdom. I could never get this wisdom. But the Bible says you can. In fact, it's not on the screen, but the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, many translations will say something similar to this that the Lord is the Lord that gives wisdom. The Lord gives the wisdom. You get a wisdom from God. What is wisdom? It's that supernatural insight into life and people. It's a supernatural wisdom. It's a supernatural uh, insight into people and into life. That's wisdom, and it's very accessible. We can get it from God. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 11. Wisdom will multiply your days and add yield you to your life. If you become wise, you'll be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. Now, all these passages I just read, I'm going to summarize it in one little statement. Here's what it's saying. The lack of wisdom leads nowhere. And in fact, the Bible used more harsh terminology, it said if you mock or you're against wisdom the Bible says you're a fool you're a foolish man it it leads nowhere while gaining wisdom on the other hand it leads everywhere now let's talk about gaining wisdom how can we gain wisdom this morning how can we gain wisdom in life how can we get this from God and I want to give us some practical things here on how wisdom at work can help you deal with that co-worker that task. Number one, if you're taking notes. Wisdom at work requires me to beg God for his wisdom. To beg God for his wisdom. What I'm suggesting here is that before you step into work, maybe on the drive-in, You know, maybe when you first wake up in the morning at breakfast, at the table, you take time, you ask God for wisdom for today. You ask God, say, God, the Bible says that you give wisdom. Oh, God, will you give me a fresh, a fresh supply of your wisdom to help me deal with the situations and the negative, toxic co-workers in my life? Wisdom that I can't bring on my own. Oh, God, I need your wisdom. You beg God for wisdom. You ask God for wisdom to help you, to help you to respond to people. Not in your own power, but in the power and the presence of God inside of you. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. So embrace her, and she will honor you. You see, when you beg God for his wisdom, what wisdom, godly wisdom will allow you to do is allow us to respond rather than react. You know, stop. When I react to somebody, it's very easy to do what's natural, what the natural man wants to do. It wants to react in, in, a, in, a, in a sinful way. It wants to react in a negative way. The natural man inside me, someone came at me, I want to come back at them. Y'all know what I'm saying? You know, it, 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 so hey, it, it's an equal or here. You know, give it to me and I'll give it back. You know, we want to react. But in godly wisdom, we don't react in a natural way. We respond in a supernatural way. What I mean by that is for those who are followers of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God is, who is inside of you, he fills you up when you're walking in his wisdom, you're filled with his power. And, and the Bible says in Galatians 5, you're the fruit of his spirit. And, and, the, and the result of the fruit of the spirit starts to respond back in a way that honors God and it might confuse the toxic person in your life. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And as a, as a father of Christ, you, you have the fruit of the Spirit live inside of you. And that's God's God, help me not to, react in a negative way, but help help me, God, to respond in the ways of of Christ, in the way of the Spirit. Help me to respond in a way that the fruit of the Spirit exhibits itself in my life to that situation, to that person. You beg God for wisdom. Number two. The second thing I want you to understand is that we need to avoid the toxic Open doors. Work them at work requires me to avoid the toxic open doors. I said, Scott, what do you mean by that? So we get to work. That toxic person that's sitting next to you in the cubicle, he said, listen, in you know, some common sense, some common sense um, practical teaching has been, if you got a toxic person in your life, get away from that person. But that's not easy at work. You have to work with that person. Their, their office, or their, their cubicle is right next to you. It's not like, say, hey, I gotta leave for the day. Then, well, then that's not good for you as far as an employer. And, and, and so don't get, But so here's what we have to do. You can't run right away, but you don't have to walk into the open door of toxic mindset, the toxic baggage. You don't have to be, into their web, okay, toxic person, they're just trying to get people, hey, come in, because they're looking for people to, to feed their toxic nature. They're looking for people that just kind of get sucked right in it. They want you to get into their web. And part of being a toxic person they know how to get under your skin. They know how to. They know what button to start pushing. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Am I, am I just speaking to you know? Does it make sense? They, hey, listen. They know. They know what they're doing, and their way to avoid walking into that door is first simply identifying the door. How do you do that? Well, you go back to number one. Asking God for wisdom. God, give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Help me to not get. Help me not to walk into the trap. Help me not to get sucked into the drama. And and, and so many of us, we don't do that. And we walk right into their doors, you know, and they open up the door. And and, and many of us, we just blindly walk in. We blindly walk in through that door. And and, and let me give you some examples of what this looks like. They open the door by attacking you. Because they know that you're going to react. They, they open the door by arguing so that you'll jump in and, and, and debate their stupidity. You get into it. They open the door with gossip. Oh, here's a good one. This is, this is really sneaky, toxic, a toxic way of life. But they open the door of, toss, of gossip because they know that you'll walk in because you'll listen because you want to be in the, in the know. So I got, I, got to know, I got to know everyone's business. And even though the venom isn't spit towards you, you're you're getting, making company with a toxic person that's only going to make things worse. You're getting stuck into that drama. You're getting stuck right in. Here's what the Bible says. Proverbs chapter four. Don't do as the wicked do. Don't even follow the path of evildoers. He said, don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. Don't, get, don't walk through that open door. Don't get stuck in. For evil people can't sleep until they've done your evil deed for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 10. My child, if sinners entice you, turn your back on them. Walk away from the door. Turn your back. And so here's the key. You, you've got to know those doors by begging God for wisdom. Have a little insight, supernatural insight to say, okay, I'm not going to step into that door today. I do not want to have my Garfield mentality and have you know, this Monday, this is my Monday phase. I'm angry because of that person in my life. I'm going to avoid that door. Even though I can't get away from that person, even though that person's right next to me, I am, I am going to rise above it and not walk through it. And number three, number three, wisdom at work requires me and you to use words that build up. Use words that build up. There's life in the words that you use. Proverbs talk so much about words, the words that we speak. And I'm going to challenge you I challenge you to do something. And what I'm asking you to do is radical. It's radical. It's very different. I'm asking you to counter a toxic person with kindness expressed with words. Use words that will build up instead of being tear down. And you might be thinking of that toxic person. And they say, Scott, you are out of your mind. <laughs> you're insane. Are you, are you serious? My response is, yeah, I'm serious. And I know it's tough. I know it's tough. And said, say, Scott, I could never do that. I could never do that. And you're right. You can't do it on your own. That's is where you need the power of God in your life the presence of God in your life, to be able to do what you can't do on your own. You need God's strength. You need access to his wisdom and to his power. And when it comes to working with toxic people, it all comes down to love. And the best way to express it is with words. You know, some people, they're just broken. Think about that toxic person in your life. On the other side of that toxic person, with a broken heart. I've heard someone say this, hurt, hurt people hurt people. Well, we don't know what's going on in the other side of your life. We don't know why they're bringing the, bringing the nastiness that they're the toxic do nature. We don't, we don't understand, but you know, your woes can begin, God can use you to begin healing in that person's life. You can bring healing. Look what the Bible says here in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 6. The woes of the wicked are like a murderous ambush, but the woes of the godly save lives. Can you imagine that? That God might use you and your woes to really save somebody's life. To save them from their own sin to help them in their healing and to point them to the ways of Christ. See, listen, we can't control others, right? You can't. We can't change other people's lives. We can't do the changing. We can only change, we can only control yourself. And so God can use you to make a difference in helping God, and letting God use you to make a change in someone's life. So, for example, in the marketplace, someone wants to engage, They open the door of toxic, that toxic open door, come on in, they want to engage in an the argument. You know, they want to get into it with you. They, want, they start attacking. Before you walk in that door, don't even walk in the door, but think about, think about this. Think about what Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1 says, a gentle answer deflects anger but harsh words make tempers flare. Use words. Use a soft answer. A gentle answer. You respond in a gentle way. Proverbs chapter 26 verse 4 is another one. Don't answer the foolish arguments of fool or you'll become foolish as they are. Don't play their game. There's so much advice in Proverbs on how to use your words. Now I know. Says God, you know I'm gonna to go tomorrow Monday, and I'm gonna respond with positive words, and they're gonna laugh in my face. And you're probably right, but God is doing something. It may take five times, ten times, a hundred times, but you respond in the way of Christ, use words that build up. Use words that build up, words that compliment instead of criticize. Use words that builds up instead of tearing down. Use words that reconcile, reconcile instead of retaliate. Use words of honesty instead of words of deception. He said, you might, you might think, is that easy? It's not easy. It's not easy, it's, not easy. it's tough. But God said, but God never said it was going to be easy. God never said, follow me, and and I'll make your life wonderful and easy. I wish it said that, but it didn't. This is is what we're talking about today. It's hard stuff. This is tough to be able to ask God for wisdom, to avoid getting sucked into the drama, to avoid those toxic open doors, and to use words of love that builds up. It's tough. But we have a model. His name is Jesus. Oh, Jesus on the cross 2,000 years ago. We talk about a toxic environment. They were mocking him. The soldiers spit on him, beat him. They put crown of thorn on his head. Jesus cried out, I'm thirsty. They took sponge. They dip it into vinegar and and, and, and and jam it into his mouth. The most toxic moment in history. Jesus hunger. You know how he responded? or oh, he could have reacted. But he responded in a way of love. Look up in God. So, if God the Father said, Oh, God, they're so lost. Oh, God, they're so confused. They don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. He, he could have called on the thunder if he wanted to, he could have damned them to hell from the cross. But use words to build up. Oh, Father, forgive them. What a model for us. What a model for us to pursue. With Christ in me, and Christ in you, in the power of God, you can deal with the, with the toxic person in your life. You know, one nugget, one takeaway for you as we close, and I want you to remember this. Wisdom at work, it requires Wisdom at work in me. It starts with you. You want wisdom at work? Start with wisdom at work. Let God work wisdom in your life. We were made for Mondays to make a difference in the lives of people that's around you. That's Sunday, we're gonna continue. That's Sunday, Father's Day. We're going to talk about the Great Commission. We're going, to, we're going to do a Commissioning. It'll be a powerful service. I know your dads might be thinking, ah, "I got to grill out. It's a grill out after church." I promise you, it'll be good. Be here next Sunday morning as we wrap up, as we kind of wrap up this series on Made for Mondays. Oh, Heavenly Father, we ask you help us. Help us, God. or oh, help us to seek Your face, to seek wisdom to seek wisdom at work. God, I'm reminded that we are in, that we're not in a battle between flesh and blood. But we're in a battle with a supernatural power that against against everything that you stand for God. Satan's at work in our homes. Satan is at work in the marketplace. And want to create toxic environments where we lose sight of you. We start to do things in our own hands. We try to be in control of our own situation. Oh God, I pray that this morning, every day, we pray for a fresh supply of your wisdom, a fresh supply of your power, and to give us discernment that supernatural insight into people and in life. Oh, God, help us to avoid, give us the discernment to avoid those toxic open doors. Help us not to walk in it, to stay away from it, and use words. christ build loving words. And I know it's tough. I know it's not easy. And I know that we won't always see a change overnight. We may never see the change. But God, you can can use us to begin a work of healing in a person's life by the words that we speak. And so this week, God, I pray that you'll use us, use us in the mission field of our work in our jobs, if we are staying at home in our homes, if we're retired in in our grandchildren's lives and our children's lives as we still make an impact in in, in the different areas that we're involved in. God, help us to live for you when you wish them, when you wish them in our lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen.